into God's word. Lord Jesus, I just, I praise you and I thank you, honestly, Lord, for your word. Lord, that we are not lost out there, Lord, but that you instruct us, you let us know who you are, you let us know that we can trust you, and you let us know how we can conduct ourselves, Lord, not just to please you, but to also stay safe in you, Lord, to stay hidden with Christ. And um, Lord, I just pray that you would help us through your Holy Spirit to understand your word so that we can read your word and live it out, Lord, in our lives. So, Lord, um, that we would be those that prepare the soil of our hearts to receive your word. Uh, Lord, that like it says in, in the book of Hosea, plow up our fallow grounds, the hardened ground, Lord, so that your word can come in and there can be a crop in our lives. And Lord, uh, that you would move powerfully, Lord. Lord, we gather here not just for information, but we gather here because we want to gather with other believers and with you, Lord. Lord, so be present, be here. We're here for you. And Lord, we also, um, we need your help. And we just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So we get to verse 7 right, of, of Judges 3. If you have your Bibles, flip open to them so that you can read it. Um, we get to Judges um, chapter 3, verse 7. That's what I meant, verse 7. And we are introduced to Israel's first judge, the first person that took the job, right? And um, like I was saying a couple of weeks ago, part of taking up the job with the Lord is um, being available and then being willing. I've told you before, my, my mom, I've heard her years and years, over decades, she always prays a certain thing. She says, Lord, make me willing to be willing to do your will, right? And I used to sit there and scratch my head at her when I was younger. I'd be like, what are you talking about? Like, just, you know, go do it. And then I got older, and I realized that sometimes I know the truth, but I'm not willing, right? I'm not willing. And I say I'm not, but I, I mean we're not, okay? I, I use the royal we a lot because I don't want to offend you guys too much because then you guys, you, you said I'm a sinner. Yeah, I did. And I meant it. <laughs> because we all fall short of the glory of God. If we sit there and lie to ourselves, we fall under the same uh, thing that Jeremiah was talking about, that the heart is deceitful above all things. Guys, have you ever noticed that when you are on your route to go sin, you are justifying it right behind yourself? Telling yourself that you're right by doing this? Well, of course you're right by gossiping about so-and-so. They're bad people, and somebody's got to do something about it. So we'll do it in the back hallways behind everybody's back, right? We justify it. We justify, let's say, you know, if you have anger, we justify our coveting. We justify, you know, I should have that. It's not, so-and-so shouldn't have it. They haven't worked as hard as I have worked, right? And we sit there discontented with what the Lord has given us. That we would have the hearts of John the Baptist, who when they told him, hey, you know that guy you baptized, that guy Jesus? He's baptizing more people than you. You're John the baptizer. 
That man's trying to take your name, you know? And if it was any one of us, we'd be like, what is this guy doing? But do you know what John, John's reaction is this? No man can get more than what he's given from heaven. So, so John, in other words, is saying, I'm not coveting what's not mine. It's not mine. And then he says, he must increase and I must decrease. That's the heart of Christ. When I realize that I must decrease all of my ego, all of my pride, all of my arrogance must decrease so that Christ can increase in my life. So that God's word can be pouring out of me. The Holy Spirit's just pouring out of me. You know what I thought was is awesome about Daniel or people like that? That people knew the spirit of the living God was in that person. Imagine that in your own life. That like non-Christians come by you and they're just like, wow, something shines out of that person like God. Hey, guys, it's not far-fetched. Do you know why? Because it says that when we come to the Lord, he puts a deposit in us. What's that deposit? We got money in our chest? No. It's called the Holy Spirit. He deposits the Holy Spirit in each one of us. And if one of us happens not to have the power to fulfill this Christian life, it isn't because we haven't been given the power through Christ. It's because we aren't tapping in. No, I'm not going to tell you some weird yoga type of thing to tap in. No, we don't need that. We just have to turn and ask and say, Lord, I need your strength. I need you to empower me to do this job. Lord, I need you to strengthen me to forgive this person. Lord, I need your help. I need your help. Lord, make me willing to be willing to do your will. That's Othniel. He was willing. And we've run into this guy before, and you'll see why. We've run into him in the book of Joshua. And you think, you know, we just kind of heard about him one time. There was this thing that Caleb said, hey, if somebody, if somebody um, accomplishes this certain task for me, I'll give them my daughter. I'll give them my daughter in marriage. And, and Caleb loved his daughters, right? He loved his daughters. He gave them inheritance when that was unheard of, right? And Pastor Juan taught us, like, he didn't just give his daughter some springs. He gave her the upper springs and the lower springs. She said, oh, Father, can I have some springs? He says, I'll give it all to you because I love you, right? So that daughter was the one married to Othniel. So then we come, uh, we, we meet Othniel. So verse 7, it says, the Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight. So once again, we run into that. We run into the Israelites um, not being faithful to the God who was good to them. And I heard this guy joking yesterday. He says, you know, um, the Lord actually made teenagers so that we would understand how it is for somebody to take advantage and then to deny your existence. <laughs> that, but that's the way that humans are, right, with the Lord, right? I mean, 
forget the secular world. They already deny his existence, right? They could hear the Lord speaking out of heaven, and they'll explain it away. It was thunderclaps. Oh, the thunderclaps said, uh, this is my son who I am well pleased with. It, yep, thunderclaps, you know? It's a, an anomaly. Okay, cool, great, you know? Um, but then we find that Israel once again denies the Lord. So the Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight. They forgot about the Lord, their God. And remember when I was saying when we forget, right? When we forget, it just means that it wasn't that important to us personally. I, I told you guys about something that happened in my life. And, um, and really the reason it happened to me is because I didn't take my mother's words seriously. So it wasn't that important to me. And it cost me dearly you know, to that point in my life. Nowadays, you, you break a game system. I'm like, oh, did I own that? I, I don't play games. You know what I mean? But back then, it taught me the lesson of remembering things because they are important. Now, if you don't know me uh, from when I was younger, not many of you in this room will know me from when I was younger. Actually, there's only one guy in this room that knows me from when I was little, and that's my older brother. Now, my older brother knows this classic story about me when I was in, in the U.S. in first grade, right? It, it was like year one. My mother would pack my lunch for me, right? So one day, she gave me a banana. You think little Dave's going to remember that mommy gave me a banana? I don't even remember to eat lunch, you know? Because Not because I'm just a forgetful person and out there, I got a one-track mind, and I will get that done. You know, Claire knows. I, I'm doing something. I'm doing something. I'm doing something. She's like, Dave, Dave, Dave. Hello, hello, Dave, Dave. Yeah. And she's like, what are you doing? I'm just trying to get this done. And she's like, the whole world exists around you. <laughs> I'm like, I know. I'm sorry. Right? So back to, back to when I was like six years old, right? I come out of school. And my mother says, you know, I had this really cool backpack. I don't know if you guys had this show here, but it was called Knight Rider. And, um, uh, man, Knight Rider was my dude. <laughs> like, I was going to buy Kit when I was older. <laughs> A talking car? <laughs> Are you kidding me? That drives itself? Anyway, so I was, you know, me and Knight Rider, cool, right? I had this Knight Rider backpack. And then my mom says, Dave, did you put your backpack in something wet? No. Why? And she's like, you have a huge wet spot in your backpack on the bottom. <laughs> I don't know. She goes in there. I mean, a couple weeks later, and that banana is still sitting on the bottom, except it's not a banana anymore. It's banana pudding. <laughs> Just all on the bottom. She's like, you didn't notice? I'm like, my, you think I open my backpack? <laughs> I don't open that thing. The teacher opens it for me. I just have it there to look at Knight Rider. <laughs> so anyway, you know, we're forgetful. We forget. And some of you guys might be sitting there and say, I don't forget. Pastor Dave, I don't forget. I don't forget anything. My mind's like an iron trap. And I'm like, yeah, okay, but it's a bit rusty, so it hasn't been opening. 
Because honestly, you hear God's word. You hear God's word and we forget it immediately. And we are despairing and we're, oh, you know, what's going on, Lord? And, and we were just encouraged during devotions or whatever. We need to remember what God says and hold on to it. Even if we forget everything else, remember what God says. So God told them, hey, listen, don't walk away from me. No matter what happens, continue to trust me. Israel forgot. They just forgot. They forgot about the Lord their God, and they served the images of Baal and the Asherah poles. And today, we won't go into those, those gods, but there are very strange things entangled with those idols. Very weird and strange things. We'll talk about it another day. Then the Lord burned with anger against Israel, and he turned them over to King Cushan Rishathim of Aram of Nariam. And the Israelites served Cushan Rishathim for eight years. Now, this word after Aram actually means Aram of the two rivers, indicating where it was located. All right? Aram of the two rivers. And um, this king also thought he was a lord, you know? So he thought he was sovereign unto himself. But the Lord allowed him. Do you guys remember, like, sometimes the Lord allows things to march into our lives to refine us and to bring us back to him? Do you remember when, um, I, I call him Habakkuk, okay? When Habakkuk is talking to the Lord and he's saying, Lord, there are evil people in our land. These Israelites do not follow after you. All these things are going on, Lord. What is going on, Lord? And the Lord's like, be quiet for a second. I'm going to tell you something that I'm doing, but you're probably not going to like it. But I'm going to take care of all that evil in your land. I'm going to take care of the idol worship that your people are doing. And I'm going to use my threshing tool named Nebuchadnezzar. And Habakkuk's like, not, that's not what I was talking about, Lord. <laughs> you are bringing the enemy upon us? And he's like, oh, don't worry about it. It'll, it'll cure them. It'll cure them. And then when you look at all the maths in there, Israel owed the Lord about 70 years of Sabbath rests to the land. And how long did the Lord take them out of the land so that the land could rest? 70 years. You know, sometimes we feel that we're really good at maths or whatever, but guess who the math king is? The Lord. I heard this mathematician say one time, he goes, we didn't invent numbers. We discovered them. Someone else put them there. Right? The Lord put them there. And the Lord, he knows exactly what he's doing. He's like, listen, <laughs> there's a little bit of back pay. I mean, a little bit of uh, back bills that you owe me. And we're going to take care of that. Uh, but for now, you're going to be out of the land for a little while, no matter what your fake prophets say. You're going to be out of the land a little while. And I'm going to bring hardship, and it's going to heal you. It's going to help you to revere me as God, to worship me as God. So... But we see here that, that the Lord 
acts like a normal father. Remember I told you there's a simple equation when people say, well, God of the Old Testament isn't the same God of the New Testament. And I'm like, yes, he is. He is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, we're told in, in Scripture. Okay? He is the same. And when you see him get angry, it's the same way a good father gets angry. Even when they're, the children are being not nice children, not good children, the Lord says, all right, I'm going to fix this like a good daddy. So then his anger burned. So the Lord burned with anger against Israel and he turned them over to, to a foreign king. Verse nine, but when the people of Israel cried out to the Lord for help, the Lord raised up a rescuer to save them. His name was Othniel, the son of Caleb's younger brother, Kenaz. So one thing we want to look at here is um, any of you guys that are fathers in the room, when you hear your child cry, do you stop for a second and turn around and look at the accounts of the, of the child? Do you go turn around and say, okay, I hear my child crying for help, but let me look and see if they've been naughty or nice. You know? And the child's like, help me! Hold on. Checking the accounts. No, that's, that's crazy, right? What does a good father do? Spring into action. Why I'm saying that is this. Israel cried out to the Lord. It doesn't say that they repented of their wrong. And I'll tell you what, the book of Judges shows us that they normally didn't repent of their wrong. That they normally went back to their ways. But what I'm trying to put a magnifying glass on is how good the Lord is. Sometimes we say, oh, burning with anger. Oh, he sounds really mean. Yeah, he also sounds really mean when he springs into action and saves them, right? When he goes, when he says to them in the book of Isaiah, like, listen, I will ransom nations for you. That's the love of a father. Like, I know, listen, if, if somebody was saying to me, like, hey, um, like, I'm going to take your daughter. I'm going to steal her. I'm like, you don't know what I'm going to do. Yes, I will pray for you and your downfall. And I will try to be part of that downfall. <laughs> you know, like, like, you know, I will assume my role as a father, right? Like I tell my daughters, listen, if somebody is coming for you, I will be that brick wall. I can't say I will win a fight, but I will leave my autograph. Right? I'm not telling you I'm the strongest in the world, but you will know I existed. <laughs> right? And that's, you know, I love my children. And I know that this world is a dangerous place. I know it is. That's why sometimes I turn off the internet. I'm watching, I don't want to need to see that. This world's crazy. All that's doing is magnifying it for me, you know? But a good father, a good, loving father runs to his children, even if they've been naughty, even if they choose to uh, not honor him or whatever. So, like, uh, I was 
talking to somebody, uh, I was talking to a couple of the guys, but I heard this great explanation of the difference between obedience and honor. And um, so they said, obedience listens to the command. The command is given and they go out. And, and it says that about Moses over and over again. You, you read through the books of Moses and, you, and Moses was obedient to, to God's words, to his command and carried it out. And that is great, right? Obedience is like awesome. But one step higher than obedience is honor. Like Paul tells us, children, honor your parents, right? This is what honor is. Honor doesn't need the command. That's, that's like the main difference. Honor doesn't need the command. So yesterday, I'm out with my girls, and you guys know my four-year-old Josephine, right? And she loves playing around. She loves doing all these different things. And I said, I have to go get some firewood from the back because we have this log burner. And um, I needed more firewood. So the firewood's all the way in the back of the garden. So I said, I need to go get some firewood from the back. So I start helping, like bringing out some, some things. And I said to Josephine, Josephine's out there helping me. All three girls were helping me, but like Josephine was like about it. She says, I'll help you, daddy. Right. I'm like, okay, cool. Right. So I go inside the house and I said, Josie, I'll be right back. And then I'll help you bring the wood. Guys, I was inside for 15 minutes. Josephine kept working. I'm looking out the window and I see this little four-year-old just picking up logs and carry them and she puts the places them in back and forth back and forth i didn't see her take a break i didn't see her stop she just kept going i didn't even tell her to keep going while i was gone you understand and i was just like that's honor like she knew what her daddy was going to do she knew her daddy's heart i want to bring firewood in and she just went at it and I came out there and I just thought, this is a four-year-old. You're working hard. I said, Josie, thank you. And I, I said, thank you for honoring me. And she just lit up. She didn't, she didn't even know. She was just like, oh, yeah. I was like, you get extra sweeties. And she's like, yeah. <laughs> she stopped then and ran off <laughs> just to get the sweeties and then went back to work. <laughs> But man, you know when we honor the Lord, it says he honors us back. Listen, we are told in scripture that honoring ourselves is not our job. It's not our job to make sure everybody knows about my accomplishments. Hey, did you know? And I've done. Man, who cares? Because in the light of the Lord, it doesn't matter. But what scripture tells us is this, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, and in due time, he will lift you up. He does the lifting up. The Lord, the living and true God. You worry about his stuff, what he sent you to do, and he'll do the lifting up. Remember, he did it for Joshua. Remember, he said to Joshua in these words, he said, Joshua, you just be obedient to me. You honor me and I'll make you a great man. That's what he told him. And guess what? Joshua became great in the eyes of Israel. 
And it wasn't because Joshua had a whole campaign going. We understand that that's how this world works. That's fine. That's cool. But that's not how it works in God's house. How it works in God's house, he says, listen, all of you must be the servant of all. The greatest among you will be the servant of all. You will not lord it over everyone like the Gentiles do. But you will serve each other. And then later on in scripture, and he says, and they will know you because of your love for each other. They will know to identify you because of your love for each other. Because you forgive each other. Because you help each other. Because you walk with each other. So it doesn't state that Israel repented, but God was good. God was so good, and he sent Othniel, and we are running out of time. <laughs> I didn't actually mean to speak about anything I just spoke to you about, so. Um, <laughs> um, but we will continue on next week with Othniel and his availability, and what the Lord did, what the Lord did. And he used Othniel, and he did, like, beautiful things, like, like the Lord did beautiful things, because it was done in the Lord's strength. That's what I'm trying to tell you about Joshua, and what Peter told us as Christians, it's not different. Jesus has done the work. We don't have to sit there. You know, Proverbs tells us, hey, listen, don't tell everybody of your accomplishments, let someone, let someone else blow the horn for you, you know? And then to me, I always look at that in pictures in my mind. Imagine you walking into a room, blowing the horn for yourself, like somebody great just walked in. Presenting me. <laughs> yes, the greatest that ever lived. <laughs> the nicest that ever walked on this carpet. <laughs> Let's all pat my back and give a round of applause to me. You know, like everybody would be like, what a fool. Okay. You know, some people might be like, oh, yeah, I really like this guy. I love his self-confidence. <laughs> you know, like, like, like sometimes we clap for people and it's like, don't clap for him. <laughs> Stop it. Don't encourage him. This is this guy all the time. <laughs> but what's the, what's the scripture say? For us to be humble. For us to be humble. It is super hard to be humble, but I'll tell you what, it is rewarding to do things in humility. Let the Lord reveal what's been done on the side. Because in scripture, it tells us that all things will come to the light, whether good or evil. So make sure that when the light shines on it, it's been good, right? And everybody's like, oh, I didn't know you actually were kind. I thought you were only kind to me, <laughs> or whatever it is. Let the Lord reveal it. You don't have to shout it out. In other words, you be busy about the Lord's work, and the Lord will be busy about honoring you. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you, and we love you, Lord. Lord, we pray that we would have a great time um, just celebrating you together. Lord, as people play music and as food uh, will be brought out and everything, Lord. So, Lord, we give it to you. We love you. But, Lord, 
I pray that your word would rest on our hearts. And then, Lord, that we would take that word and we would put it to action. Lord, that we would trust you as we humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. And, Lord, allow you to do the lifting up. We just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.